If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by patrons like G.I. Jello. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar and get exclusive rewards at patreon.com slash run jump stomp. Episode 114 of Switchcraft is also brought to you by opseats.com. Head on over there and buy the fantastic gaming chairs that they have. Get $10 off your chair when you use the coupon code RUNJUMPSIT. I'm sitting in one right now. They're very, very comfortable, excellent lumbar support, and they really feel more like a car seat than a desk chair. Again, that's opseats.com, and the coupon code is RUNJUMPSIT. Switchcraft is recorded live three times a week at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and on Saturdays whenever the universe allows. Tune in at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp, just like these fantastic people did. We're scrolling on back. We've got Shubru, uh, Vaxer is here, Joel Mead 24 um, Let's see, we've got Aerslia has arrived, Link31254, Kodiak Moonwolf is here, and it's his birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday, pal. Uh, who else has arrived? Zimzors is here. Kimbalina, 66. TF Wagner. I'm looking. I don't think I missed anyone. Beats Alive. I see Beats Alive right there. And Mango Tree, 93, as well as Pudding. Thank you guys all for coming and hanging out with me during the live shows. If you want to hang out with these fantastic people, you can do so by heading on over to twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. Let's get to the feedback. We've got a couple of pieces of feedback today. The first is a review from Philosaurus. Philosaurus gave the gave us five stars, and they said, Terrific show. RJS has an excellent perspective. I especially appreciate that he has a father's point of view on video games. His information about Nintendo is relevant and well-informed. To top it off, his show is incredibly well-produced. Keep it up. Well, thank you very much for the five stars, Philosaurus. I've also got another five-star review, and this one might surprise you. Uh, Milo199990 changed their review to, to five stars. I spoke about Milo's review on the last episode. Um, they had complained that I used the word sports ball and took it as a derogatory thing, but I explained uh, why I use it. And you can just listen to the last episode if you missed that one. Uh, but they changed their review to five stars and they said, I'm changing the... I'm changing to five stars because he addressed my concerns. Even though I don't like it, he tried to explain himself in a decent way. Maybe cut back on the sports ball a little bit? Well, I probably won't do that because it is part of my vocabulary, but I appreciate you continuing to listen, even though there's little things about it that you don't like. Um, And, you know, just to be transparent, anytime anybody gives me a review, I will always read it on the show, whether it is good or bad. You know, I take your feedback seriously, and it's not like I just blow it off because it's a one-star review. Although, you know, I I prefer five-star reviews. Uh, Anyway, thank you very much to those two for the five-star reviews. Uh, I've got an email here. If you want to email me, you can do so at runjumpstomp at gmail.com. 
Um, they said, this is from Jeff, ooh, who is actually, that's actually our patron today, G.I. Jello. Uh, they said, uh, RJS, your audience really appreciates your show format of three days a week and quickly covering news, but I just listened to your Thanksgiving Super Mario Odyssey spoiler cast. And I really enjoyed the episode. You have some real expertise in analyzing games, and you provided me some good insights to better enjoy the game. Anyway, keep adding these single-episode in-depth analysis analyses to your repertoire now and then. Thanks, Jeff. Well, Jeff, thank you very much for being a patron and for emailing the show. I, I very much appreciate that. I'm going to try to do things like that more often. Um, the fact is, is that just we've got so much stuff going on. It's really tough for me to do that. Um, that was just lucky happenstance that I was able to snag somebody uh, to join me on the show. It's not always easy to do. In fact, I'm working on something for Christmas time, and uh, this morning was just a cavalcade of discord back and forth between different people in four different time zones as we try and figure out what it is we're going to do. Uh, but anyway, be on the lookout for that. Uh, so thank you very much to, to Jeff for emailing the show. You can also get a hold of me at Twitter at, at run jump stomp. You can call and leave a voicemail at two six zero run jump. That's two six zero seven eight six fifty eight sixty seven. And you can get a hold of us on Discord. And every once in a while, somebody will say something on Discord that'll catch my attention. And if it happens to be at the right time and I have my phone and I can easily put this into the show notes, I, I do sometimes. Tom Tate, who, by the way, was our guest on that Thanksgiving episode where we talked about Super Mario Odyssey in spoilers, uh, or it spoiled it anyway. Uh, he was a guest and he just posted on the Discord this morning. He said, I would really enjoy... A modern Sim City, or no, he said random thought, dot, dot, dot. We call that an ellipses. Uh, he said, I would really enjoy a modern Sim City on the Switch. Anyone else? It doesn't even have to be all 3D and Sim-ish. Give me a 2D top-down grid with a unique, fun art style and a lot of options and gameplay depth. Tom, that is a fantastic idea, and I can't believe that they haven't done that yet. Uh, Sim City uh, from I think it's Firaxis or Paraxis I can't remember which uh, those were games that I had a lot of fun playing when I was younger and the Switch is the perfect system for it because you can take it with you and I like your idea of going 2D because that that will extend the battery life out and you're much more likely to be able to play the game for a really long period of time so I think that's a great idea uh, Tom. Uh, so anyway, if you want to join in the conversation like Tom did, head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash discord, and uh, there'll be a link there, and you can join the discord. It doesn't cost anything. It's a free program, and we have fantastic conversations on there all the time. Speaking of the discord, if you are a regular and you come to the show often, uh, I am always in the on the air channel on discord when I am recording the show. And if you want to call in, all you got to do is jump in the calling in channel. And if it's a name that I recognize as somebody who's been here quite a few times, I'll drag you into the on the air channel and you can join the show yourself and get your voice heard. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for the feedback. I appreciate it. My puppet body is ready. Animal Crossing Pocket Camp has now passed 15 million downloads in the six days since it went live. Um, this is pretty good, but you also have to remember there's no cost to entry. There is a massive number of devices out there. You know, you count up all the iPhones, you count up all of the Android phones, and that's a big number. 
So 15 million downloads is not actually that impressive. Um, Mario Run was double. Mario Run was 38 million downloads in the first six days. Now, that doesn't come as a huge surprise because when we count the Mario Run downloads, they're counting probably both the free version and the paid version. Okay, so when you look at that, and, and Nintendo's stock actually took a bit of a tumble today on the on the announcement of this news that it was uh, 15 million downloads for Animal Crossing. Like investors were a little a little disappointed with that, and I I don't see why they would be disappointed with that because they were comparing it to Super Mario Run. Now Mario Run it, Mario is a way more recognizable franchise than Animal Crossing that should go without saying, although apparently I doesn't, so I'm saying it. Um, so there's one reason why it was double. Um, Mario Run had two versions on the App Store. It had the uh, free version and the paid version on the App Store. Or, or Wait, did it? No, it did not. It only had one version on the App Store, so I, that, was, that was wrong. Uh, so there's a correction. So they had the free version, and then you paid for DLC to unlock the rest of the game. Um, but what you got to remember is that Super Mario Run, while it had 38 million downloads, um, Fire Emblem Heroes made more money for Nintendo than Super Mario Run did. And that's because Nintendo used the monetization model where they nickel and dime you to death. Now, you know, I'm not saying that Fire Emblem Heroes is a bad game. I just don't like its monetization model where you basically are playing a slot machine trying to hope for the characters that you want. Um, but Nintendo, um, you know, their Fire em- they made more money from Fire Emblem than they did from Mario Run. So when Animal Crossing Pocket Camp outdoes the downloads for Fire Emblem Heroes, p- investors should be happy with that because Nintendo is going to make more money from that than they did Mario Run. Now, here's the question that we have to wonder about. Is Nintendo going to make more money on Animal Crossing than it does on Fire Emblem? And that, I think, is a tough call. Now, Animal Crossing is, I think, a more recognizable um, franchise than Fire Emblem. And Fire Emblem is very, very niche. Animal Crossing is more friendly. You know, somebody's. uh, I think people are far more likely to try Animal Crossing knowing nothing about it than they would be to try Fire Emblem Heroes knowing nothing about it. But the Animal Crossing monetization model is not nearly as aggressive as um, Fire Emblem Heroes is. Fire Emblem Heroes is has a very aggressive um, uh, monetization model where you have this currency that you buy with um, real money and then you take you turn around and you take that currency and you put it into a slot machine basically you pull that lever and you know a prize pops out and you may or may not get what you wanted and the more money that you pump into it the greater the currency grows so it kind of um um encourages what what uh people in the business call whales some you know where you know, sure, there's a lot of people that can play the game for free and never put any money into it, but there's also these people who are putting hundreds upon hundreds of dollars into that game every month, uh, maybe even every week, and those are the, the they're called the whales, 
because they just have so much money to sink into this game. Now, I know that there are people who've played Fire Emblem Heroes and never spent a dime. Uh, I'm one of those people. I didn't play it very much because I didn't like playing games on my phone. I prefer to save that battery for other things, but that's beside the point. Plus, I like buttons. Uh, You know, you guys have heard me talk about that stuff before. Then we look at Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing's monetization model is here have some money to speed up a process, which is not nearly as aggressive. It doesn't bother me anywhere near as much. Um, And because it's less aggressive, I feel like people are going to be fine just waiting. I'll just just wait. And, you know, it's only going to take a couple days and this building will be done. And then so-and-so will move into my, my town. It'll only take a couple days for this chair to be finished. And then somebody will come by. Uh, my campsite, you know, that kind of thing. Whereas when you are doing the Fire Emblem side, if you don't get what you want the first time around, you are likely to try again. You'll be like, oh, maybe I can get it this time. And that's why it's called gambling, people. Uh, So I think that Animal Crossing, I think Fire Emblem is still going to be more profitable for Nintendo than Animal Crossing, but I think Animal Crossing will make uh, a lot more revenue for Nintendo than Uh, Super Mario Run did. Uh, Anyway, that's just how I'm looking at it. And, you know, I could totally be wrong about this, but what are you going to do? Pudding says uh, investors just look at numbers. That's true. They don't really know what's taught, what, what those numbers mean. And uh, Patrick man says I'm a collector. Oh no, never mind. That's about a different topic. Anyway, let's move on. In a tweet from Team17, they are the developers behind Worms WMD for the Nintendo Switch. They said, We understand how important it is for Worms fans to play together, which is why we support up to six players, both online and locally, on Nintendo Switch. Contrary to some reports, Worms WMD does feature online play on Nintendo Switch, and friends are able to find each other through the lobbies. However, we appreciate the frustration some may feel from not being able to directly invite their friends. With no system-wide invite solution currently available, we are investigating how we can improve the situation for friends who want to play together online on Nintendo Switch and are listening carefully to the feedback of our friends in the meantime. Of our fans in the meantime. Boy, I almost made it through the whole thing without screwing up. (laughs) Anyway, um, listen, Nintendo... Come on, man, get your act together. People keep clamoring for a system-wide friends list where we've got one list. And and yes, we have a friends list, but the games can't connect to it for some reason. We can't invite... I can't sit here and invite Aerslia, who is trying to write some some Ruby code here in chat. Uh, I can't invite them to a game through just, just very easily. Whereas the other day I was playing... Uh, on PS4 with my son, and we were I was able to invite him into a, a a chat party. We had voice, and we were talking to each other super easily, and it just works. And Nintendo, it's just worked for a really long time, and it's it's more than a little crazy that we still can't do this. Now I know that. Nintendo has slowly been updating their operating system and adding features. Uh, They're adding cool features like the ability to record video 
by holding down the share button. That's really cool. But that's an extra feature. That's not the kind of thing that we need. We need a working friend system. And if you're not going to give us a working friend system, I don't know. I can't. I can't possibly understand what your excuse is because because all it does is push away players who would otherwise probably be very devoted to your system. Like they would probably buy every game. Um, as as fantastic as Splatoon Two did, it would have done way better had the online stuff worked from the start and way better than it did. It's ridiculous that I have to look at where's this where's this stupid app? Here we go. At at the Nintendo Switch online app. I shouldn't have to use this app on my phone to talk to people. And I've talked about this on the show before, but the the longer that I do the show, the more it just grates at me. The fact that yet one, another developer has to invent their own solution. Now, that being said, Rocket League worked it out, you know? Uh, Psionics, the developers behind Rocket League, they made it so you can invite your friends. It's great that you can do that. But the developers shouldn't have to do that in this day and age. It should be on the, the platform uh, creators to make sure that the platform has all of the modern um, social ways to interact with your friends. Uh, Vaxer in chat just said, I didn't even know there is an app. Yeah. There are people who have no idea that there's an app for your Switch on your phone to talk to people. There are people out there who don't know that. Not everybody is a diehard Nintendo fan who listens to a podcast about Nintendo. They're not going to get that information. And when they look on their game and they, they're like, how do I talk to somebody? I can't talk to somebody? I'm going to go play a game where I can talk to my friends. Not being able to talk to somebody in an online game is like playing couch co-op, but not being able to talk to the person next to you. And a long time ago when we only had couch, you know, couch multiplayer, that was the only way that we could play games. Okay, fine. You don't have a way to talk online. That's not a big deal. But I almost never sit down and play sitting next to somebody anymore. Now, on the Switch, I do far more often than anything else. The game, do, the the system does come with two controllers, you know, so, so there's a lot of things that you can do there. But the issue is most of the games that I play, if I'm playing online, it's not a game that would work very well for, for, for couch side-by-side -side play, you know, because the, the other person can see what I'm doing or you got, you got, you kind of get the picture. So I just wish that Nintendo would get their act together and fix things like this. Putting in chat says, at this point, I prefer to use Discord. And I also prefer to use Discord. Here's, a, here's an idea that I think that Nintendo should consider. Why don't you just contact Discord and say, hey, we would like to integrate Discord into our operating system. What can we do to make that happen? I guarantee Discord would be very, very happy to do that. They would probably handle the servers so that Nintendo doesn't have to. And all that Nintendo has to do is give them a very small cut of, um, of that online service to use it. And Nintendo would make a lot more money on their online service. And Discord would 
be happy. That's a win for them because it's getting more people to use their, their platform. And not only that, but it gives the players exactly what they want. And if all of that wasn't enough to convince you, Nintendo, there's a little thing called buy-in, okay? And the more people use your service, the more likely they are to use your service. And when Twitch came out with their Discord competing app, I was like, oh man, this is really cool. It actually had features that Discord didn't have, but people didn't want to go anywhere because they really liked Discord. They... they they had a lot of messages there. They had a lot of friends there. And it was easy for them to stay at Discord. Well, if Nintendo integrates with Discord, which I doubt would ever happen. This is a pipe dream, you know, a warp pipe dream. Um, it'll never happen. But if they did, and they had this built-in friends list, people are using Discord all the time. If I am on Discord and I see, oh man, Kodiak Moonwolf is playing Splatoon 2 right now. I could join him very easily. And I could see that whether I'm on my computer, whether I'm on my phone, whether I'm on my Switch, no matter where I am, if I'm on Discord, I could see that Kodiak Moonwolf is playing Splatoon 2, and then I could join them. And then we could talk to each other while we were playing, and maybe even we could invite each other to games without having to jump through hoops like Worms WMD is running into these issues. So... This is just another example of Nintendo's lack of a party system rearing its ugly head and making things difficult for developers. And when you make things difficult for developers, you scare developers away. And when you scare developers away, that's less games for um, for consumers to pick up. And that means it's less of a reason for people to pick up your system. So Nintendo, make it happen. Well, excuse me, princess. Since the last time I recorded, I've been playing a game called Mantis Burn Racing. If you don't know what that is, it is a top-down racing game, uh, like the ones that you would find in old arcade games where you had like the four steering wheels and you could look down from above and you would steer back and forth. Uh, you, you can unlock different cars and you can upgrade those cars and personalize it the way that you want to go. Maybe you want it to have grippier tires or you want it to have more speed. It's really up to you. Uh, the game is mechanically fantastic. Uh, the controls are very, very good. The drifting feels good. Um, I do think that the controls could be better, though. Um, and mostly that's because there there isn't remapping in the game. If you could remap the buttons, I think it would go a long way. Uh, towards making this a better game. Uh, perhaps putting more than one option for gas might work. So like right now, um, the only option for gas is the right trigger. And after a few races, my finger was tired of holding that. And there really isn't anything to, much to do with the face buttons. So if I had more options, more places to put my fingers to hit that gas button, I think that that would be better. Uh, the game does support, I mean, it, it does sound stupid to say that out loud that, that my finger was tired from playing the game, but it was, you know, it's true. Um, the game does support motion controls. I just couldn't get the hang of it though. I I've never liked motion controls for steering though, because there's no resistance. So as I'm, you know, trying to tilt the joy cons back and forth, you know, there's nothing for me to feel so that I know that I've gone too far and it just didn't work out very well for me. So I didn't like the motion controls, but you know, I know that there's a whole lot of people out there that love motion controls for steering. 
and uh, there you go. You'll be able to use it. Um, the music in the game starts off pretty strong, but it gets repetitive fairly early on. The The bright side to this is that you can turn off the music and listen to your own music, which is great. I can't stand it when, and Nintendo is very guilty of this, they never give me the option to um, shut off the, the music. It's either shut off the sound altogether or leave all of the sound on. And I would prefer to be able to shut off the music, even if it's good music. If I'm playing a game for long enough, the music is going to start feeling repetitive to me, especially a game like Splatoon 2 or Mario Kart or ARMS, where it's the same few tracks over and over again. Those, tra- those tracks are all fantastic, but when I play for an extended period of time, I get sick of them. So give me the option to, to give me volume sliders. I can turn down the volume on the music and leave the sound effects on, and then I could play my own music, and that would be better. Mantis uh, Burn Racing does this. They give you the option to turn off their music, which I think is great, and it makes, for me, to say that their music starts off strong but gets repetitive, that's really not that big of a deal because you can always listen to whatever music you want. Uh, The graphics for the game are very good. Um, They look great. Like the, the, the overall graphics, I think look fantastic, but um, the colors just look a little bit washed out. Uh, And so much so that sometimes when you go underground and you're, you're racing, um, everything is so dark that it all looks the same color. Uh, and this was at one point, there was even a strange pattern in the blackness. So like I was underground and it was really dark and I'm driving like over a bridge, not really a bridge, but like a rock bridge. And in the background, in order to show that it's like that there's depth down there, they had various gradations of black going down and it just looked like these weird concentric circles. It, I think it was supposed to show depth, but it didn't show depth. It just looked weird. They definitely sacrificed graphical fidelity with this game in order to keep it at 60 frames per second, which I think is a smart move on their part. I think that it was a very good move on their part. Sacrificing graphical fidelity to keep a high frame rate is a very important move, especially in a, um, my brain stopped working, in a racing game, you know, where, where every moment of the game counts. So... Um, you know, the graphics, like I said, they look good, but the colors are just a bit too washed out and there's not very much dynamic range between the, uh, you know, the different Browns, if that makes sense. Um, I think that the developer did a fantastic job on the track design. Uh, they did a great job on putting the turns right where they need to be and, you know, placing some barriers on the track where, you know, certain cars can break through the barriers in order to even the playing field. So like the slower cars that don't turn as well, they can go through some things. And that gives you a little more variety on how you're going to play. Um, I do think that the game could use more tracks, though. Uh, the environments did start to feel repetitive fast. Uh, so this game, to me, it feels like it could be it has a lot of potential and it could be a fantastic game right now it's just a pretty good game Uh, i i really enjoyed what i played my son hated it he absolutely hated it he could not stand playing it i've had a little a lot more experience playing a top-down racer than he ever has Uh, so you know i i grew up playing games like that in the arcade and he's never really dealt with that most 
I think the only racing game he's ever really played has been uh, Mario Kart or maybe Sonic Racing. Um, so it's not really his type of game. I don't know that that's it's a uh, you know fair for me to say that he hated the game because it might not be his kind of game. It's not really my kind of game, but I did have fun while I was playing it. It just needs a little more, bit more variety added to it. Um, there are two things that I want to mention that are things that that drove me crazy about the game. Um, restarting the game doesn't just put your car back at the beginning of the track. It reloads the entire track. Now, maybe there's a technical reason why they do this. Whatever the reason is, they've got to find out a way around that because... When you make a mistake early on and you want to restart the race, it can be very, very frustrating to sit there and wait for the loading. I mean, the loading is fast. It takes about 30 to 45 seconds, but I don't want to wait 30, 45 seconds just to do the same thing again. So that's something that really bothered me. Um, I also had a hard time finding anyone to play against online. Uh, like I would join the queue and I would wait and I would wait and I would get bored of waiting and I would say, ah, forget it. I'm, I'm done waiting. Um, now, should you pick up this game on the Switch? That is a question that only you can answer. Uh, but if you really like this kind of kind of game, I think it's worth twenty dollars, and that's how much it costs on the on on the Switch. But I would be remiss if I didn't mention that you can get it for fourteen dollars on the PS4, uh, and that's going to have better looking visuals. Uh, but it'll be the same game, uh, and you can get it for nine dollars on Steam. Now, if you don't have a PS4 or a PC, then your only option. Is, pardon me, and your only option is to get it on the Switch, then if you like this kind of game, then I say pick it up. But if you have access to the PS4 or um, or a PC, then I say get it on one of those systems. Now, I know that some people are like, but I want to play with my friends on the Switch. Well, we've talked about at length, ad nauseum, we've talked about uh, how it's tough to find your friends on Switch in various games. Uh, and I will say that this, just like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, just like Rocket League, uh, has cross-platform racing. Now, that doesn't mean I can invite my friend who's on a PC to my game, but when I race online, I can race against other people who are on other platforms. I don't know if the PS4 people um, can be in that mix or not. It might just be that PC people can race with PS4 people and PC people can race with um, Switch people, but Switch people and PS4 people cannot race against each other. Anyway, uh, that's Mantis Burn Racing, and just for transparency, I did receive that game free as a review copy, so that was my review. Okay, everyone, we're at the lightning round. I've got a couple more stories to go through. Let's hit them quick. Shovel Knight is getting video recording, which is awesome. I love video recording in uh, on the Switch. Being able to hit that button and share it to uh, Twitter is fantastic, and I love... Uh, just going on Twitter and typing hashtag Nintendo Switch and seeing all of the cool little videos that people uh, have put. Uh, so they said that uh, Yacht, or Yacht Club Games revealed that video recording is coming to Shovel Knight next year. Uh, and they did this uh, with the King of Cards update and they, they announced this on Twitter. Uh, Super Mario is getting some cereal, which is pretty crazy. It's not something that I thought that I would be... Uh, be talking about on a Nintendo show, but we're going to be getting a, this is a rumor. Uh, so <laughs> this is from the website seriously with net, which is a hilarious name for a website. There's a picture of a box of super Mario cereal 
And it says this box contains a special amiibo. Try it with Super Mario Odyssey. See back for details. Now, uh, don't get excited. You're not going to find a plastic figure in the box of cereal, but what you'll probably find is an NFC chip uh, probably on that actual amiibo sticker that's on the box. You probably cut that out and hold it over your controller, and it'll unlock something in the uh, in the game. I don't know what it is, but... I think it's really cool. I remember the days of of uh, pop culture icons having their own cereal. Like I remember eating OJ cereal, like oat from OJ Simpson. I remember eating Star Wars cereal. I remember uh, that Nintendo had a cereal back in the day. It was two types of cereal in one box. It had Super Mario on one side and Zelda cereal on the other, which is very very cool. Uh, Ayers Leah in chat said some kid's going to cut through the NFC wire. Probably, but you know what? That's what that's what happens when you don't ask for your parents' uh, help. Um, lastly, uh, SteamWorld Dig 2 has, has revealed that they sold nearly 10 times as many uh, copies of... Uh, or, or I'm sorry, SteamWorld Dig 2 sold nearly 10 times as many copies on the Switch than it did on Steam. Uh, now, there's no word here on how it sold on other platforms, but the reason for this, I think, is because discoverability on Steam is absolutely atrocious. There's just so much stuff that has completely flooded uh, Steam's uh, store front that you just can't find anything. Uh, it's even, even the things that get recommended for me are just garbage. Uh, they, I just constantly get recommended stuff that I would never play, and I have no idea why they're showing me these these games. I'm not interested in them. Um, but, you know, we don't, I mean, 10 times as many on Steam, that's fantastic news for the Switch, but we don't know how that compares to the PS4 or Xbox One versions. Uh, and the final story is, according to an analyst from the NPD group, that's the group that, you know, tells us how many... Um, how many systems sold every month, how many games sold every month. And we're talking physically, not digitally. Um, uh, the, but the, an, an analyst from NPD, Matt Piscatella, uh, had commented on the Reset Era forums and said that it looks like Nintendo might pass up the Wii sales over the first 10 month of sales. So they said specifically, Switch is on pace to exceed Wii by 20% over the first 10 months of sales. The thing is, though, the Switch, from a demographic and usage basis, is nothing like the Wii. It's much more a core gamer console than anything Nintendo has done since maybe the GameCube. And because it's a hybrid, multi-console ownership per household could be a thing, making upside potential bigger than the Wii. And I totally agree. You know, I'm not an analyst. I I don't know anything about uh, how much stuff is going to sell. Um, but I'm a multi-switch household. I know a lot of people who are multi... Well, I don't personally, like in real life, know people who are multi-switch households. I think I only know like six people who own a switch total. Um, but the people who I talk to online, and I talk to a lot of people about Nintendo stuff because I've got this podcast. People are always talking to me about stuff. And... There's a lot of people out there with multiple switches in their house because it's a portable system. And when you go on the road trip, you want to have yours and, you know, you, your brother wants to have theirs and your mom wants to have hers. And, you know, everybody, nobody wants to share. I don't want to share. Do you guys want to share? 
My goodness, I almost forgot about this. Uh, thank you to Kodiak Moonwolf for posting this in the Switchcraft Links um, channel of the Discord. Uh, ukulele finally has a Nintendo Switch release date, and that is going to be on December 7th. So thank you very much, and sorry I forgot stuff. I know, people in chat tried, Aerslia in chat tried to remind me, but I was just too busy yapping. Anyway, uh, so that's the lightning round. Let's talk about what's coming soon, and then we'll get out of here. November 28th, uh, Resident Evil Revelations, uh, both 1 and 2 have come out. I don't have these games. I'm probably not going to pick them up. Um, I loved playing Resident Evil. Um, I can't remember which one it was, but on my Sega Dreamcast, I think it was a great game. But I've just got so much to play right now, I can't justify the expense of buying Resident Evil Revelations. Uh, November 30th. We're going to have Siberia 2, Star Ghost, Serial Cleaner. That's Serial as in S-E-R-I-A-L, not Serial as in Nintendo Mario Odyssey Serial or whatever, Super Mario Serial. Um, we'll also have Opus, the way, the way, the day we found Earth. Uh, the next Neo Geo game is World Heroes. Um, Traverse USA is the new arcade archives game. And then finally, Mujo. So th these are all games that I've never heard of. I think I've heard of C uh, Siberia too, but not very much. And then December 1st, we've got Xenoblade Chronicles 2 coming, which I'm very excited about, but I probably won't play until next year. Uh, Vaxxer in chat says, one day you should stream Resident Evil game. Well, I don't have it, so I can't stream it. But thank you for the advice, Vaxxer. Uh, anyway... That is all the time that we have for today. If there's a story that I missed or a topic that you would like discussed, let me know at one of the ways that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. If you're looking for ways to support the show, uh, the easiest way for you to do that is share the show with a friend. If you're looking for other ways to share to other free ways to support the show, you can review the show. You can use my Amazon affiliate link to do all of your holiday shopping. Um, it's fantastic. Uh, it supports the show. It doesn't cost you anything extra, and it's exactly the same as shopping on Amazon. All you got to do is use my link and bookmark it, and that's it. Um, there's other ways to, that you can support the show financially. All you got to do is head on over to runjumpstomp.com support to find out more about that stuff. Uh, thank you to Tom, Winter, and Noteblock for the use of your music on the show. I really appreciate it. Make sure you give those guys some love and follow their stuff over on YouTube. Links are in the show notes. I'm out of here. You guys have a great day, and I'll see you on Thursday. Bye-bye. Switchcraft is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the publisher and distributor of the world's largest selection of digital audio books and spoken word content. Audible customers can listen anytime and anywhere to professionally narrated audiobooks across a wide range of genres, including bestsellers, new releases, sci-fi, romances, classics, and more. Get two free audiobooks to start. After 30 days, if you decide to cancel, you get to keep the books. If you decide to stay on, and you probably will, get one book every month for $14.95. In addition, you also get 30% off the price of additional audiobook purchases. Cancel anytime. Your books are yours to keep even if you cancel. You can sign up today for your free 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com audible and directly support the show.